millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Welcome to the third episode of Autism Jammer Burst with Educators. I'm Rachel. Today we're going to be talking to an advocate from the Autism Jammer Burst Advocacy. Her name is Crystal Powell, and she will be talking to me about how we met, how we connected, and what made her become an advocate. That'll be coming up next. Thanks. Okay, I recorded, so we're recording now. And you can say whatever word okay. you want, and I'll just cut it out, or I'll enjoy it, and I'll just keep it. Okay, so... So we're supposed to sound intelligent. Okay. No, no, not intelligent. <laughs> That's impossible for me. But at least, I don't know, whatever. So here's what I'm thinking. I was thinking, I need to do a really meaningful podcast that explains exactly what I'm doing. Because I don't know what I'm doing, and so I need your help. <laughs> but first, I want to ask you a question. Because I told, all the pairs are really impressed that I taught my students integers in sixth grade. I thought I taught my fourth graders and they said they've learned more than they've ever learned in their life. So here's my question. Was I a, an adult teacher back in the day? Cause I know the answer. Tell me what you thought of me as a math teacher. Um, I finally started to learn math. <laughs> uh, I mean, I had to learn it so that I could help the kids learn it with you. That was kind of important. I, I learned enough that when you were gone and we had a sub, I could still do the math class. See, that's all we needed. It's amazing. Because I tell them all the time. And they stopped me and they said, I don't know how, what, the kids are doing great. But us adults, we're doing wonderful. And I said um, to one of the parents, you need to come into my class and catch up because you're behind. And I, I don't know how I'm going to keep you in the, in the right pace if you're not here. It's hilarious. But I, I needed you to say it right now so that I can say, see, I told you guys, this is not something new to me. Okay, good. Now, I want to No, ask- I, I was not smarter than a seventh grader, but then I learned. All right. Um, do you remember the first thing that I said to you when I met you and you were in my class? Oh, geez, not really. Because I do remember because uh, I was a little brash. Not brash, but I think I said something that most teachers have not said to you. I said to you, oh, nice to meet you. Now, I want you to go sit over there and your kids can sit over here. And then I'll let you know if we need your help. Do you remember that? And you looked at me like, what? Uh, you're like, okay. Yeah, I said that. I don't really listen to you. Well, you did that time, but then eventually only the ones that really should have you by them were migrating there. And then remember I'd stop in class and say, oh, no, no, not you. You come over here. Because I was like, you're, you're yeah. way capable. I, no, I ended up sitting next to whatever student needed the help yeah. in the class. Yes. Not necessarily the student that I came in there to help. Exactly, because that's exactly what, what my whole point was. And you were the first person that heard my crazy concept and didn't completely disown me as a friend. So I appreciate that. You mean you let the kids be kids? I did. Like I let them be kids. Here? I did. In their least restrictive environment? I know. It's amazing. It's as though I was like channeled to do it. Kids need the chance to be kids mm-hmm. and be with their peers. That's the whole point of school, learning to get along with your peers. 
It's amazing. And learning in a class with your peers. I agree. Like, I had to be in the principal's office so many times that year that whenever it's whatever. And I, and I, I was sick of the principal's office to be right, quite honest. You never went to the principal's office unless you were doing something nice, like decorating the office because you were a good, you were a good solid worker. But um, you also pushed, was, you, but well, I you were, was not above questioning. Oh yeah. You would not, you were, had no problem saying, I'm not going to do that. Or that's not a good uh, idea. No. Yeah. Or that's I'm going to do this. not okay. I do not agree with that. You no. had no problem with that. And I love that. I will that. give you two choices and you can choose which one you want from me. And one of them is not your choice. It's going to be two that I, I pick out by hand. It, it was two choices that I could deal with and they got to pick between them. So they always felt like they were in control and really it was me. That's really smart. You are so smart. It took me a long time to figure that out. I bet you did it your whole life. Uh, I've done it for a long time, yes. <laughs> yeah. I learned it from my mom. It was used on, the, on our students, and it worked well. Parents taught me some serious lessons, though, like um, how to do integers. I learned how to do them from my mom. What? There's rules? <gasps> I did not know that. And then the adults in the room were like, I didn't know that there were rules. And I'm like, neither did I. I was like, what? I was breaking those rules worse than I was breaking any other rules I've ever been given because I was like, did not know they existed. Did you know um, they existed? I, I did not do the math. How so did they not teach us that? that? From me. Yeah. Well, you did. You had to with me because, you know, well, you were the Yeah, helper. but not as a kid in school. No, no, no. I barely got through math in school. Yeah. Barely. I, I really didn't get through most of my stuff in school, but hey. Right. You took your, but you, t- did, you did the uh, schooling and took the test for it to be board certified as an advocate, correct? I did. Well, and it had math, when right? I was in, when I was in school, they weren't testing for different things that I had problems with. If, if there were the IEPs and all that in place when I was in school, I would have been in them. Uh, just like three years after, well, my, my brother is three years younger than me, and he was starting to get things looked at more in elementary, late really? elementary school years. Um, but I was not because that wasn't a thing. You just either learn to keep up or you continue to fall behind and then they would kind of skate you through the system. That was just what it was. You learn to adapt, which is one of the reasons that I can adapt things so quickly and did for my students. Mm-hmm. But you knew that about me. The teachers yeah. would give an assignment. I'd look at it and go, okay, not as much in your class, but in other classes. Mm-hmm. I would take that assignment and adapt it right there on the yes, fly and give it back to the kids. Yeah. Well, and I loved it. You did it with, in my class too, but you would usually, we'd have a little banter and you'd say, this is what I want to do. And I'm all, that's a great idea. Do it. Right. And I that's don't what think I, I ever said that's a bad idea. Well. What was that? But that's what I did with the other teachers as well. But I would also know what the students' IEPs were and mm-hmm. what, what level they were at so that I could take whatever the assignment was, give it a quick little modification, go, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I want to do with the kids. Is this okay with you? And they go, yep, that's great. Partly because they didn't have to modify it. Mm-hmm. I did that for them. Well, that helps a lot. In, in the gen ed classrooms, I was more familiar with the students' IEP than the teachers were. Which is unfortunate because they're supposed to read them. Really unfortunate. They, and, and maybe they do, but they have so many IEPs from all different classes that they had to read over and I did. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a good point. Cause I see that you are definitely way more sympathetic to the teachers than I, I would have five or six students that I had to know their IEP. Yeah. Because those are the five or yeah, but, six that I would take into the classrooms more yeah. often. 
Right. Did I know it was on the other students in our in our room IP? Yes. But I didn't I wasn't as familiar with them as mm-hmm. I was with the students that I was taking out into the gen ed classroom. Right. Well, it, so here's the I thing. was able to quickly modify. I gotcha. Well, you're a diamond in the rough. That doesn't always happen. Let's be honest. I mean, especially since oh, they didn't I, pay I know enough it to make it I was one it. of the ones that could do that, and most of the others didn't. That's right. why it, I went a, out to no. the classrooms that I did. Right. That's well, why I had teachers who didn't want aids in their classrooms, even though they didn't have a choice. Right. Well, they, they don't. were okay with me coming in because I would go into the classroom, I'd modify the work, I'd give it to the student, and I would let the student do it. Mm-hmm. And I would help out in the other areas in the classroom if needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't hover over my student. I didn't make the teacher's day difficult. Mm-mm. No, you really I don't. I would modify and be done. And when they're getting it, you have lots of cool crafts that you would work on. And you would find some really cool stuff to share with me. And I was like, fantastic. This, today, we're working on counting beans. And so you can sit there. We never counted beans. But I mean, yeah, you know. And yeah. over today, reviewing. the kids can work on this a little more on their own. Mm-hmm. I can catch yes. up on paperwork that I needed yes. to do, or I could work make on me, a project that we make were working on. Make me a forky on. pen. I mean, you were good at that. You decided you, you want to be an advocate, which yeah. you're, you're awesome. And where I want you to do a shameless plug of your website and where you're at right now, because I need, you, I need um, people to know how to contact you. Go ahead. Well, I am on the autism jam still, so they yes, can get me absolutely. through there. And I have you on the website, but, like you're right there, so go for it. Yeah. Just tell me about But you. when you moved to Utah and we're still trying to figure everything out and get settled there, I went on ahead and started the process to get my own business going here as well. So I am now with Because Special Education Advocacy. Um, so cute. And yeah, I, I help out with that and, you know, we can always put in a web address or whatever somewhere mm-hmm. else you'd like. Absolutely. Um, I can put it in the bio part of the podcast, but it's on my website. I have your link on my website. So I with your picture. That. No problem. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have even known about it without you. Well, you're welcome, but I'm just glad I, 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 I really, found you. I really didn't even know that that was a thing, but mm-hmm. after I learned about it from you, I felt like that was my next, my next step in the journey of helping the kids. I thought I mean, so too. I've worked with them in the classroom for years. Mm-hmm. I yep. babysat the kids before I even worked in the classroom. Yep. Um, and you're, and I, they're all consider you close, like a mom, close like a mom. They trust you. Well, I am a mom. And when I'm in the classroom, those right. kids are my kids. Exactly. Well, that's what I was waiting to hear from you because that's what you say. Yeah. That's what I've always said. Mm-hmm. People will say, how many kids do you have? And I say, what time of day is it? You know, because my kids go anywhere from I have three children living under my roof. Well, did have three did children have three. living under my roof. So I'm down to one. Down to one? Oh, that's right. Your boy and your girl went. Okay. By the way, yeah, tell you when at home I said hi. I will. Okay. Yeah, so I'm down to one child living under my roof. Uh-huh. Hundreds of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have graduations to go to for the next three years because that's how long the students that I worked with in middle school are still going to be in high school. See, that's why you're so great. That's why people need to contact you because you not just know what you're doing, but you love the kids. Like you're doing it for the kids. That is the reason I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm not out there to fight teachers. That's that's not what I want to do as an advocate. Exactly. Advocates need to compromise and talk. That's a horrible stigma that advocates get. Yeah. Is a teacher hears an advocate coming in and all of a sudden they're on the defense and it's like, 
I, I had a wonderful advocate in California that she was polite, professional. She was there to see if we could figure out how to make it help my son and make it work. So I don't even think it's common. I think that they get a reputation for that. Like they say, mm. a bad apple can spoil a whole bunch. That's the name of my last episode. Right? There's a reason. Because that one apple completely destroyed everything just because yeah. they could. Well, showing and then making it that difficult for the teachers and the students are not benefiting. No, they're doing it for their own reason, and I right. I don't. I, that bothers me to the core because you would not go in there and do that, and it's not the best move to make. You want to start nice. That doesn't leave room for for negotiating. Yeah. Hmm. After the break from this message, we will be continuing to talk to Crystal and hearing everything that she has to share with us about what she's doing to be an advocate for children and special needs. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. if you're demanding and making it pushy and scary it's not effective well and I tell parents my goal is to never have to go into that meeting with you right my goal my goal is to help teach you hey these are your rights Mm -hmm. these are the terms in your IEP that you're not understanding let's break it down a little bit easier for you let's understand it and that really is your role if people used it right they would be educating themselves because you don't know what you don't know right Right. And I want to empower the parents to be able to walk into that meeting on their own and go, okay, I am now more familiar with the rules. I now know and understand all the parts of this IEP. Mm-hmm. I now know what a, you know, the BHP is on here. Mm-hmm. That, that's their behavior, you know, I know their behavior plans. I know mm-hmm. what these things mean now. I know right. what these terms are. Yeah. And so now they can sit down and feel empowered to help their child. And I don't have to go into that meeting mm-hmm. now. If they need me to go into that meeting, can I? Yes. yes. Will I? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to basically be the silent person behind them going, okay, this is what they're saying to you. Do you understand this? Mm-hmm. How do I have to explain it to you for you to get it? Okay, this is what you should be, you know, asking for. This mm-hmm. is this is what they're trying to get you to do. You need to ask for what you want. Yeah. And then you're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Because you're not, you know, every parent, every parent wants the absolute best for their kids. Mm-hmm. We all do. The teachers also want the best for that child. And they absolutely do. There are those occasional ones that aren't, and I need that to be real. But for the most part, they all want to have their kids succeed and they want to help them. Now, can they get the best? 
No. The law does not say that. It doesn't it say yeah. appropriate. It does, yes. Well, and, and that's what I try to explain to students. It's not equality right. in a classroom, it's equity. Because if one kid has a pencil right. the other and another one doesn't, you don't all need a pencil. I think that was the example I would use, right, at the beginning of the year. You yeah. don't all need one, that don't was. ask. Yeah, because if you need it, I'm going to make sure you have it. And well, I, and mine is, you know, you, the IEP says that the child needs a calculator. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to go out and get them that $200 Texas instrument, mm-hmm. all the bells and whistles calculator. They're going to go get them that, you know, super that. simple. Can they do their work with this calculator? Yes, and that's all they really need. Right. You know, maybe in high school they need a little higher tech. So you get a dropping one. Yeah. You know, you, you can ask for a little higher tech and maybe they can meet you somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Although. But you're not going to get the best. You have to say with the Chromebooks and having more technology in school, they don't even need it anyway. They have Desmos and they have graphing and calculators and different options on their computer. So really, that's an accommodation that shouldn't even be an issue anymore, to be honest. It just right. needs to be an issue so that they have access to it no matter what. That the teacher can't well, say no because they're going to have access to it. You know, that's when exactly. it's appropriate. So really, if anyone's fighting that exactly. one, I'll fight the that. The point is that you may want the absolute best. Mm-hmm. They don't have to give you the best. They have to give you the What's minimal of what is appropriate mm-hmm. for your child to do what they need. Now, there are teachers like my, well, Mike and myself, who will do what, the very best that I can because I know how to how to do that. But not all teachers have the same um, experience, like life and work. And so you all, you have to get almost what they're capable of giving. And I think that parents need to understand that. Mm-hmm. And I, I do this job, not because I enjoy it. Cause I, you know, I look at the watch more than the kids do. And I'm like, are we done with school yet? Um, but I, I'm good at what I do, but I'm not doing it because I feel like it's my call in life because I'm not one of those people. that's like, I miss my kids. I miss, my, I'm not, I'm like, it's the summer. I don't want to see you. <laughs> don't run into me at Walmart. Like we would run it, run it. But, um, I did it for the kids and I, I, I have three children that are typical kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but I you've don't read have enough the of them that... spectrum or anything going in my house. Right. But did I have children on the spectrum? Yeah. Did I learn to speak their language? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you have to. <laughs> so I think that's kind of a, a crappy thing to say, even if I didn't have any kids with, with autism, because right. I would have said, excuse me, do you see what time of day it is? Do you know how many children are in my classroom? Those and are I'm my here. Kids. Yeah. His teacher was really good for him. But I had to be there at she the was. school to, like, slap him down when, when he would take advantage of her because he would. Nice people. Oh, there were times I caught him, too. Good, and I hope you slapped <laughs> him down because um, I was like, no, she's a nice teacher. I'm not. You don't have the option not to go to math class because I go to math class every day. And I remember that discussion because he was like, I don't want to go. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't know that you had, like, voting rights. You're going. See, and I remember meeting him as he was basically – running at the school <laughs> i was I mean, gonna ask you about that actually running he was walking away with purpose <laughs> that's how you see it right there um you know he was just like i'm done and so he was out of there and you know we don't chase the kids no. we kind of follow and keep an eye but we don't chase no. I mean, he was he was still locked behind fences in different areas he was done. Yeah, there was no actual leaving the campus mm-hmm. Um, but he did get himself outside of one of our gates and then he was just kind of looking around and I walked over and I was like, Oh, Hey, Jesse, do you need me to let you through this gate? And, uh, his teacher saw from a distance and just kind of stepped back and let me, and 
he was looking for a way back in, but also looking to stay safe and doing it. Right. Because he didn't want to give in to, okay, she's won. Yeah. That's important to him. Um, it is. And the kids have to know that they can still come back and, and have that face, you know, come back and, mm-hmm. and everything as well. So, yeah, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I think I need to go back to class now, but now I don't know how to get to the gate. And I was like, oh, I can unlock that for you. And he's like, okay, so do you, you know, do you remember which class you were Aren't you in so-and-so's room? I don't remember how to get there. Can you show me how to get there? And he was like, oh, yeah, let me go take you back there. So I turned it into he was helping me, which made him feel a little more powerful at that time and gave him some of the power back. His teacher, seeing what was going on, had walked out and around back the way she had come from. So she was back in the classroom when we got over there. So he waited for me to lock Mm -hmm. the gate back up. And then he, you know, showed me to his room. Mm -hmm. And he walked in, he sat back down, and they continued their day. And all was good. Um, I also been on field trips with your kid. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, we need someone to go to the high school with him for this performance. Mm-hmm. But he's a runner. Mm-hmm. No, not always. No, he's not really a runner. He's, he's more of an escaper. He doesn't, he doesn't want pressure. Right. And when he feels that, he just needs to step away. And mm-hmm. that's some of the things we need to learn about our kids. Mm-hmm. You know? And he still tries to do it when it's hard. He just does. Yeah. Uh, he never ran. He he may have taken a couple of extra bathroom trips. He walks pretty fast, but he does not run. That's it. He walks with purpose. Yeah. He doesn't oh, he, run because he, I don't chase. No, I don't either. And that's what I love about you. We had we had a couple runners, and I said, I that's, don't run. That is my Ammon. He's a runner. But there are children Jesse. that are runners. And you know what? If you can find something on the ground that is like the most interesting little twig you Just have ever seen, and, whoa, I have never seen a twig like this. And you're standing there, and you, like, bend over, and you're picking this twig up, and you're just, oh, my God, those runners come back. Especially Ammon. He loves leaves, and he loves They sticks. want to see what you have. Uh-huh. It's amazing. <laughs> and then you, then you start walking back to the classroom with it, and uh-huh. they're trying to now follow you and see what you have. They want to know what you're going to do with it. Like, Are they going to let me have what? that stick? Are they going to let me have I it? I mean, there have been times where I couldn't because that child didn't have the stick either. I but, love you know, it. By the time you get back in the classroom, you found something on your desk that was just as good that they should have been hang on to. There you go. And they walked back into the room, no problem. Yeah. Well, and so I had you a, have to learn the kid. Right. And I had a moment. I don't know if you were in my class at that time, but I had to leave because one of the assistant principals asked me to come and get my son. From yeah. Was that your class? Sure. There were a few times, yeah. Okay. Well, there was one time in particular I'm thinking of, and I went out there, and I, I said, excuse me, students, apparently you're not learning today. I'm going to go get my son. And I walked out, and I went over to where the baseball field was, and he was over there with the assistant principal right there. And I said, hey, Jesse, and I'm yelling it because I'm not going to yell at you right now. Um, uh-huh. You might want to get your butt over here now because if I have to come get you, it's going to be painful to get over here now. And he starts walking towards me. And then I said on the bench right there by his class, his, um, his bed teacher's class, I said, you're going to sit right there. We're going to sit silently. You don't have to talk, but you're going to sit right there until you're ready to go into your class. And I sat there and letting him kind of talk. And then the, uh-huh. um, the assistant principal comes over and he goes, I know your mom. So that's one reason, but how do you do that? Because it's not just because your mom. And I said, cause I'm good. And I said, can I go back to my math class now? And he's like, Yes, and I left, and he went into the classroom. But it's because I think we know how to like 
we know how to like kind of link with them. We watch their eyes. We watch the, where they're, what they're doing, right. what they're looking at. We look and see if they're approachable before we like bother them. And not everyone, it seems natural. Like we should all just do it, but not everyone does that. But both of us had that in common. Yeah. No, we can look at our kid and go, okay, this is kind of what, where they're at right now. And this is the approach we need to take with them right now. Sometimes they just needed to sit out there and scream. And sometimes they need to just run because they need to get whatever it is out. Yeah. Now we can give them a safe area to run in. There's a track. You need to run. You run as far as you need to on that playground. Mm -hmm. You run as far as you need to on that, but you have to stay in this area. I understand you need to run. This is Mm -hmm. the place you can run. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to make it less powerful because when they feel like they're upsetting adults, they do it more. That's how I cut language out of class. I desensitized to it. I'd made them realize I don't really care if you're going to say that word, just do your work. Say whatever word you want, just get the work done. And they usually tend to stop pretty quickly. Yeah. Because it's not. Well, and you can catch them. We can catch and de-escalate them because you can see it starting to ramp up. Absolutely. You can see it. And no one ever says, realizes, well, when Jesse first got diagnosed that you see it in the eyes. So every once in a while I'll ask a parent, have you seen your child's eyes just kind of shift? And they're like, yes. And I'm all, see, why is it some people can see it and others are like, what happens to their eyes? And I'm all, you're not paying attention, right? I, I, I never necessarily catch an eyes, but I can catch it in their body language. Well, and that's good because I think it's a lot if teachers and moms, like people who are actually like with them, like, well, you're with them face to face. But I see yeah. it. Maybe it's a mom thing. Well, um, it just depends on the kid, that's I guess. True. Yeah, I I can see I catch the body language more than anything. See, and I you catch know, the when eyes they start first. To get frustrated, they get a little more fidgety in you know That's certain true. ways. Or they, Especially in the middle you school, know, they're sitting back more and they're starting mm. to get more rigid. Or you know, there are right. just things that you start picking up on when you're with those kids all of the time. Right. That's true. Now, can you necessarily always catch it when you just met that student? No. no. Although I was always cautiously optimistic, so I would take it kind of slow. Did you leave me? Um, yeah, I can still hear you. You were frozen. It was a great picture. Oh. <laughs> Should have screenshot it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening today. We were just speaking with Crystal from Because Empowered Parents Raise Powerful Children. You can find her link at autismjammerburst.com under our About Us. Thank you for listening today. I'm Rachel, and this is
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.